Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all, and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. Tonight, President Biden's agenda hangs in the balance after weeks of Democratic infighting. But can Speaker Nancy Pelosi deliver what she calls a Thanksgiving gift for the American people? The bill to repair America's roads and bridges goes up for a vote in Congress as the sweeping Build Back Better plan gets delayed. We'll have all the latest details. America's hiring boom. More than half a million jobs added to the economy. But with a hot job market, why so many positions go unfilled? Celebrating General Colin Powell, the final salute to the trailblazer as three presidents honor an American patriot. Plus, the spotlight his death put on the 7 million immunocompromised adults living in the U.S. during the pandemic. Pill to treat COVID? Can an experimental Pfizer treatment cut hospitalizations and deaths by nearly 90%? Aaron Rodgers speaks out why he says he didn't get vaccinated. Emotional day at the Ahmad Arbery murder trial. His mother gasps at graphic videos of her son being chased down by three white men who say they assumed he'd committed a crime. Guns in America, our 60 Minutes report on a new Missouri law called the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And Steve Hartman's on the road with a high-flying, age-defying pole vaulter. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with late-breaking details on what has been a busy day of negotiations here in Washington. At stake, President Biden's ambitious legislative agenda unveiled before his inauguration as his Build Back Better spending plan. House Democrats were expected to vote on the nearly $2 trillion social spending package today, along with a trillion-dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill that passed in the Senate months ago. But there's been no vote on either bill. Bottom line, the sausage making here in Washington has ground to a halt. Tonight, it is evident that the Democrats have turned the president's signature legislation into a pretty unappetizing process. So let's head over to Capitol Hill, where CBS's Chris Van Cleve has all the up-to-minute details. Good evening, Chris. 
Nora, it has been a day, one that started with Democrats thinking this was going to be the moment they were going to finally advance the president's agenda, passing infrastructure and passing that signature social spending bill, Build Back Better. By 10 a.m., that was all in doubt. President Biden has spent the day working the phones, but still his signature plan is stuck in Washington mud. Tonight, building back may come later, mounting frustration among Democrats as once again the president's nearly $2 trillion social spending bill stalls. The bill would fund efforts to combat climate change, child and elder care, as well as lower drug prices, prompting a plea from Mr. Biden to save it and the $1.2 trillion infrastructure plan. I'm asking every House member, member of the House of Representatives, to vote yes on both these bills right now. Send the infrastructure bill to my desk. Send the Build Back Better bill to the Senate. Let's, let's build an incredible economic progress. Build on what we've already done, because this will be such a boost when it occurs. And what does it say about President Biden's agenda? It's a failed policy. Republican leader Kevin McCarthy pointed to Tuesday's election results as a warning. Voters from Virginia to Texas to Seattle to Minneapolis to New Jersey sent a mandate to their elected officials. Stop catering to the progressive left. Moderate Democrats may be listening. A handful are threatening to vote no without a report from the Congressional Budget Office on the projected cost of the plan, stopping everything for hours. At a certain point, do you worry that it starts to look like the Democrats can't get out of their own way? No, welcome to my world. (laughs) Speaker Nancy Pelosi is now calling an audible, moving forward with the infrastructure bill as soon as tonight. But progressives are threatening to vote that down in what would be a stunning defeat for the Biden administration at the hands of fellow Democrats. This has been a bit of a curveball, this this latest development. And... uh, it's, uh, it's unsettling and disruptive, and, you know, I hope we can get back on that original track. Progressives have been saying for months they would only vote for infrastructure if the two bills were voted on together. Now, all of this wrangling over cost estimates, it's for a bill that's going to go to the Senate and be changed, so those cost estimates will likely change, too. Nora? Chris Van Cleve, thank you. The Ahmad Arbery murder trial got off to an emotional start today as his mother saw a graphic video of her son being chased down and killed by three white men. CBS's Omar Villafranca is at the courthouse in Brunswick, Georgia, with more on today's opening statements. Wanda Cooper-Jones sobbed in the courtroom today. Look how far Mr. Arbery is. For the first time, she watched the video that showed her son, Ahmad Arbery, being chased, shot, and killed. The now infamous video was part of the prosecution's opening statements in the murder trial of Travis and Gregory McMichael and William Roddy Bryan. Prosecutors say the McMichaels assumed the worst when they spotted Arbery walking out of an open construction site while jogging in the neighborhood. All three of these defendants did everything they did based on assumptions. And they made decisions in their driveways based on those assumptions that took a young man's life. And who just came into frame? That'd be myself. Jurors also saw graphic body camera video from the day Arbery was killed, recorded by a Glynn County police officer. It's their duty and responsibility to each other to protect each other. Defense attorneys explained their side, describing the McMichaels as watching out for fellow residents after a series of break-ins and burglaries in the neighborhood and calling Arbery the aggressor during the final confrontation. It's tragic that Ahmad Arbery lost his life. 
But at that point, Travis McMichael is acting in self-defense. After the long day in court, Arbery's family addressed the media. Today I decided it was time to see the video. It's very heartbreaking, but I've, I've got past that part. An emotional first day here, and the jury will hear from more witnesses when the trial continues on Monday. Nora? Omar Villafranca, thanks so much. America's economy is showing signs of healing from the pandemic. U.S. companies added 531,000 jobs last month, and the unemployment rate dropped to 4.6 percent. But as more Americans reenter the workforce, many are finding that their resumes are falling through the cracks of online hiring systems. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas has more on this. Joey Holtz's search for part-time work in Fort Myers, Florida, turned into a full-time experiment. He wanted to see what would happen if he submitted 60 online applications for entry-level work over one month. And how many calls back did you get? Four of those turned into phone calls where I actually spoke to a person, and one of those turned into an interview. His post about the experience has gone viral, with people sharing similar stories. By removing humans from the application process, you are removing... The ability to find the people that are actually going to be right for the job. Harvard business professor Joseph Fuller agrees. While the pandemic has upended the job market, he says algorithms used by some companies to screen applicants may be filtering out the very workers they need. So it's very, very easy to end up on the wayside of a candidate who's just missing one attribute who's triggered one filter. Nationwide, there's more than one job opening for every American who wants to work. But a survey by job search website Indeed shows 77 percent of applicants have had employers stop communication during the interview process, and 28 percent have stopped communication themselves. One ongoing challenge for employers, a low participation rate in the job market, means people are dropping out or looking outside traditional channels. It's very rare that I find an owner of any business that tells me that they are fully staffed. Jay Johnson is seeing it firsthand at his Cape Coral restaurant, Bubba's Roadhouse and Saloon, where he has six unfilled positions. For every 10 applications we get, we might hire two, and of the two, maybe one will show up for the first day. And Manny joins us now. Number one, the food looks delicious at that restaurant. Number two, what can be done to bridge the gap between these employers and job seekers? Well, Nora, for one, Jay Johnson says he's offering a higher hourly rate, trying to attract better candidates, though it's still a challenge. For job seekers, experts suggest working back channels outside of the online process, trying to get in touch with someone who already works at that company and make a connection that way. Nora. Manny Bajorquez, thank you very much. Well, there's big news tonight on several COVID fronts. Pfizer said today its experimental pill to treat the virus cut rates of hospitalizations and deaths by nearly 90 percent in high-risk adults. Studies have shown that women who are vaccinated during their pregnancies pass the antibodies to their babies through the placenta and breast milk. But there's also new research that shows women who are vaccinated postpartum do not pass the antibodies through breast milk, reinforcing the recommendation for pregnant women Get vaccinated. It helps with your child. All right. Presidents past and present gathered at the Washington National Cathedral today for a final salute to former U.S. General and Secretary of State Colin Powell. CBS's Nancy Cordes shows us the emotional farewell to a great American patriot and statesman. A great lion with a big heart. 
That is how Colin Powell's son described him today as Washington luminaries past and present came to pay their respects. I've heard it asked, are we still making his kind? I believe the answer to that question is up to us. I hope we recommit ourselves to being a nation where we are still making his kind. Born in the Bronx to Jamaican immigrants, Powell rose to become the first black secretary of state and chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, a top advisor to four presidents from both parties. His effectiveness was magnified by his lack of interest in racking up partisan debating points or improving how macho he could be as a negotiator. Longtime friend Richard Armitage reflected on some of the military heroes' lighter moments, like the time the Swedish foreign minister came to visit. She opened up a full CD set of ABBA and presented it to him. Colin immediately went down on one knee and sang the entire Mamma Mia. Powell is survived by his wife of nearly 60 years, Alma, along with three children and a grateful nation. For a few hours today, this funeral brought together the right and the left, something Powell himself tried to do so often in public life. Colin Powell was 84 years old. Nora? Yeah, I think about his legacy. There are now over 40 schools in the United States named after Colin Powell. Nancy Cordes, thank you. And Colin Powell died of complications from COVID. He'd been fighting a rare blood cancer and Parkinson's disease. So now CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti has the story of a man who knows all about the struggles of trying to survive the pandemic when you have a weakened immunity. For Mark Harrison, an ICU pediatrician, the Utah mountains are his safe space. He spends 12 hours a week training near his Salt Lake City home for triathlons. It's one of the rare times he can go without a mask. I had a bone marrow transplant. I got lethal doses of chemotherapy to wipe out my own marrow. Diagnosed with the incurable blood cancer, multiple myeloma, he went into remission after a clinical trial 19 months ago. And then COVID hit. If you were to get COVID, God forbid, what would that mean for you? Well, it could kill me. Harrison is triple vaccinated. There are 7 million immunocompromised people in the United States. But for people with multiple myeloma, the immune system could have a very low response to the vaccine with limited protection. I haven't eaten in a restaurant for two years. Colin Powell's death from multiple myeloma and COVID really hit home for Harrison. It didn't make me more fearful. It made me more excited about doing what I can with however much time I have left. Harrison says vaccines and masks are his best defense to stay alive and wishes they were less controversial. And I'd ask for people to keep their eyes open and their minds open and wonder about their neighbors and family members like me. Do they want to be the person who inadvertently, of course, would would hurt that person they love? And um, I'm sure that answer is no. Jonathan Vigliotti, CBS News, Salt Lake City, Utah. 
And an update now. A powerful storm is expected to blow through Georgia and the Carolinas this weekend, possibly causing historic flooding. Up to five inches of rain is expected to fall. Wind gusts could top 40 miles per hour. It will be worst along the coast. Savannah could be swamped on Saturday by one of the highest tides ever recorded. All right, we want to turn now to Missouri, a state plagued by gun violence, where a controversial new gun law passed this spring. The Second Amendment Preservation Act was supposed to block state and local police from enforcing federal gun laws. And in our report airing Sunday night on 60 Minutes, several Missouri law enforcement officers and the mayor of Kansas City tell us the law is preventing local police from fighting crime. Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas told us this could not be happening at a worse time for Missouri, where the murder rate in the state is nearly twice the national average. Before the law passed, it was routine for local police to work with their federal partners. Why does local law enforcement want the help of the federal government when it comes to dealing with gun violence? The volume of crime, the volume of incidents. On a night in Kansas City, you can have multiple people shot. In the same way that if you have a severe storm hit a city, we bring in federal resources to help us with that crisis. This is the problem with gun violence right now in some of America's major cities, particularly in the Midwest, particularly in Missouri. Well, you can see our full report Sunday night on 60 Minutes. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. NFL star Aaron Rodgers broke his silence today after being benched with COVID and the public revelation that he's not vaccinated. Speaking on a sports radio show, Rodgers said he didn't lie but sought alternative treatments because of an allergy to ingredients in two of the vaccines. He had claimed to be immunized. While the Packers quarterback also claimed he's found himself in the, quote, crosshairs of the woke mob. I'm not, uh, you know, some sort of anti-vax flat earther. Um, I, I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, you guys know me. I march to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body. Well, Rogers claims the Packers and his teammates were aware of his vaccination status. He's sidelined for Sunday's game against the Chiefs. All right, today in Atlanta, a parade of champions. Hundreds of thousands of fans lined the streets to celebrate the Braves' first World Series victory in 26 years. Players sprayed champagne and showed off that great trophy. Congratulations to them. There's probably not a track and field event more technically demanding than pole vaulting. And the man you're about to meet is still vaulting to heights that would impress athletes half his age. Here's Steve Hartman on the road. Here at the Texas Express pole vaulting gym near Dallas, 
Just about every kid jumps to the same conclusion. First time they see 82-year-old Don Ison walk in the door. And I thought, oh, maybe he's like someone's grandfather or something. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Which soon leads to the second universal reaction. Wow. Is he okay? <laughs> what he does is absolutely insane. Don Isett is the nation's top pole vaulter in his age group. A national champion. And pretty much the only pole vaulter in his age group. I've got buckets of <laughs> buckets of them. He picked up the sport for a second time at age 66. This is when you started? Five decades after an unremarkable high school career. So you weren't even that good to begin with. Right. So at 66, you say, I want to relive this. Yeah. Mediocrity. I'll try this again. <laughs> Why? It's fun. It's like going to high school again with nothing to study. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to study but the physics of gravitational potential energy oh. and pain management. That's a jump right there. But Don says it's well worth the aches. It's a rush, exhilaration when you clear a bar. At a meet last year, Don cleared nine feet, one inch. No octogenarian had ever done such a thing. And then, just moments later, set another record. Oldest man to be a human centrifuge. And Don says he's not done setting records. In fact, he told me he plans to keep fit and keep at this until he's six feet under, which by my calculation is still about 15 feet away. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Princeton, Texas. Next week on the CBS Evening News, we'll have a special series ahead of Veterans Day honoring our heroes, highlighting the service and sacrifice of America's military. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Hope you have a great weekend and good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 